Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Suge Burry. What happened if you say what you want to say? I tell you, I don't feel like the host of this show. I feel like the Lord is the host of the show. Let me just clarify that God is the host of Him for Her Radio Women's Hot Topics. And, you know, our goal in this show is to always glorify God, to give Him all of the glory. And you know what? The enemy doesn't like it. In fact, the enemy just loves to get into our lives and nitpick and make things very difficult for us. And so we are going to bring to you some suggestions on what you can do to de-escalate a situation when the enemy gets in there. What am I talking about? Ladies, you know, oftentimes we'll have a conversation with somebody and it's fine and maybe we differ on something and then all of a sudden it escalates into what the heck just happened and you're having an argument or things aren't going well or you're walking away. It can happen with family members, with friends, with your spouse. doesn't matter who it is. All of a sudden it just explodes out of control and you're saying to yourself, I feel like I'm in a wreck. What just happened? And so today we have a special guest with us today. Simon Osimo is with us and he is going to share with us tips on de-escalation, meaning taking the anger or the frustration out of the situation and what you can do. And we're going to be doing this in private life as well as in public life as something comes up out of the blue in the in a public atmosphere. So it's a safety concern as well. So I really want you to listen to two parts. We're going to do part one and part two. And Simon has been so kind to come on. Simon, thank you for coming on Him for Her Radio. Sure. It's a pleasure to be here with you. And as always, um, I guess because I've come back, I'm a repeating guest. You must like what I've got to say. So I, I hope do. your listeners do. I, actually, I really like your accent. That's the main thing. I just like to hear the accent all the time. <laughs> <laughs> His wonderful wife, Courtney, a shout out to her. She is one of our mentors in our Him for Her Mentorship program. There's five initiatives that Him for Her Ministries has. So would you please find us at Him for her.org. Check out all the five initiatives that we have. Jump on board, help us out, or donate. However you want to support us is great. And also you can send in your ideas, your radio ideas to us, and we'll make sure that we address them. This is an idea, uh, this topic idea today has been brought to us from several different people who wanted to hear about it. So I figured if they need this, I know that you will as well. So Simon, would you do me a favor and tell me a little bit about yourself and your background? Why are you an expert in this area? Well, I never call myself an expert. I always say I'm a safety practitioner because if you're an expert, you're there to be sort of um, to be shot at, I'm sure. But I guess a little bit first I'll address, you know, who I am. So I am British, originally from a town west of London, spent 14 years investigating organised crime and terrorism in the UK, moved to the US in 2011, where I found myself in charge of counterterrorism at Mall of America. And since then... I've gone on to help numerous non-profits around safety and security. So I've been in and around this subject for many years yeah. around sort of de-escalation and sort of crisis management. So um, that's a little bit about, bit about me. Well, I, I, you know, you can beg to differ, but you sound like an expert to me. I mean, you've got a lot of experience and you've seen a lot of things. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience in the 14 years with the British police and what types of things did you experience as far as needing de-escalation? 
Yeah, and the biggest thing that you see as a police officer, you know, we know that the world is a broken place and there's human brokenness. And one of the biggest issues you have is conflict in relationships. You know, we're all dealing with some type of um, emotions. There's different families we could be struggling with. Just anything that has a heightened awareness that it could really escalate very quickly. Uh, As a police officer, you know, communication... Uh, particularly in the UK where I was born and raised, that is 99% of really what you do as a police officer is learn how to communicate to people. So I've been in numerous stressful situations, um, matters of life, matters of safety, um, and, and you just really learn how to understand people and sort of what, what it means to try and de-escalate and where the person is. Because quite often, Shug, de-escalation, it isn't about you, it's about them. Um, you know, when you're in a heightened situation, you've always got to take a step back and say, this isn't about me, this is about them. So there's, there's a few things we're going to talk about during these conversations that, I, that I've learned, but those are, those are some sort of initial comments. Okay. You know, um, oftentimes women can get into a situation where um, they didn't expect the outcome to be what it is. And I know that you've seen a lot of um, opportunities in uh, domestic realms, in public realms as well. Um, you mentioned that um, is, when you and I had visited, you had said that a crisis is a moment in time. What did you mean by that? Yes, and that's a, a, um, a something I use because we've all been in a crisis in some point in our lives. We don't often like to admit it or feel that we have, but everyone has been in some type of crisis. And a crisis is a short-term event. And there's actually a quote, I'm getting old now, so I have to write it down, but it's <laughs> by a woman called Michelle Rosenthal. And I, I found it a few years ago. And she said, survival mode is supposed to be a phase that helps save your life. It's not meant to be how you live your life. You know, and some people's crisis for them can be over an extended um, period of time. But for most of the population, a crisis is a moment in time. You know, you've lost a job, you're unemployed, you're in a high stressful situation. That is going to be a short moment where it's going to pass. You know, it's um, putting roadblocks and and sort of... um, um, putting goals in place to try and overcome that crisis and that, that hurdle, but it won't be there forever. We've always got to remember that a crisis is a moment in time. Mm, what good wisdom that is. It's a moment, ladies, just a moment. So I think that we need to take these ideas and suggestions he's going to share with us coming up and really apply them and practice them. I know that as I was studying up on this and um, learning from Simon, I'm thinking to myself, ouch, ooh, we need to do some self-evaluation. And so our responses, you know, as we're going to talk about coming up, really impact how things will go. But Simon, you had shared something about a balloon example. Can you tell us a little bit about what, 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 does, what does a balloon have to do with de-escalation? Yeah, so I'll, so I'll take the listeners back to the first point I made, that um, quite often de-escalation is not about you, it's about them. And a crisis is a moment in time. So you've got a, a, an outward projection of someone who's going through some type of crisis or heightened stress. And then you have a balloon full of air. And the most of us, we try as humans, I'm going to sort of generalize now, but this is what I used to do, is we try to fix things that aren't right. But not quite often, it's not always our role to fix it. So as an example, if someone is struggling with, you know, men, uh, got mental health issues, me and you should talk in here now in a five ten minute conversation i'm not going to be able to dissect everything which is going on in your life and hold that type of conversation what we've got to do is got to realize that something is causing you stress which is a balloon full of air and what i've got to do because there's heightened stress levels is just let enough air out of the balloon just so enough so the balloon doesn't explode i'm sure a lot of people are resonating they're thinking of 
and they can identify this and they're thinking of things in their own life where an escalation has got very um, very heightened and there's a lot of stress going out. You're just trying to let enough air out because it's not your role or you're not going to have the ability in three or four minutes to really unpack someone's life of 20 years. So if you are talking to a girlfriend of yours and she's coming to you with some troubles, you know, you know that's going to be a series of coffees or lunch dates to really try and get out what's going on here. So just remember you've got a ball full of air, which is the stress, and you've got to let it just enough out so, it's, so, the, so the ball doesn't, the balloon doesn't explode. I don't know if I did a good job of explaining that there, show, but um, uh, that's a, an analogy I always use. You did. It was an excellent analogy. I've heard you say as well that it doesn't matter what color the balloon is. So, I mean, I, I think that's absolutely true. It does not matter how the balloon, you know, got to that point where it was almost ready to explode. What is important is that you're able to let a little bit of that air out of the balloon so that it doesn't explode. Yes, and that's a good point because quite often in um, verbal de-escalation or we're trying to look at how, how can we fix this. And remember, in, in de-escalation, it's not always about trying to fix the long-term problem. It's trying to make the situation better now. What does that look like? It doesn't matter that you know, you've been wronged by your husband. Yes, it does, but in that moment, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't matter that you're feeling let down by someone at work. Let's let's get to what can we do now to make you feel better. And quite often, that's just talking, listening, and we'll move on to some of those things in a in a moment. Because those other things should they just take you in too long and um, different directions that you're not going to be able to solve in the time that you that you have. You mm-hmm. could be unpacking years of years of a, of a problem. Yeah, yeah. You talked about a voice of reason where you know when things start to uh, escalate. And we're talking about de-escalating. Um, you know, we don't know where this problem, where the root of the problem even came from. And, you know, ladies, I want you to remember, for our battle is not against flesh and blood. That's what God's Bible tells us. Um, and it's against the spiritual forces of evil. And so I got to tell you, first of all, if something starts to escalate, what are you going to be doing? Number one, step number one, better start praying. Um, you know, shoot up that McDonald's drive through prayer where you're like, Lord, this is getting out of hand. Give me your words, Holy Spirit. You know, something that can fill you up in a powerful way in the Holy Spirit so that you can de-escalate that situation. Um, you know, what words of wisdom you have, um, which we're so blessed with, Simon? Yeah, well, I can touch on a little bit. So the, the key thing, I mean, I like to teach everything as if I'm talking to my my two young sons that are both less, less than 10. So we've yeah. always got to look at when I'm in this situation now and I know that there's a balloon full of air, which is stress, and I've got to release some of that air. What are things, what are those barriers that can prevent me from being successful in what I do? Um, the, the end goal is, yes, is to de-escalate someone. But right now, what are those things that are going to prevent me? And there's two things. is the, the impairment, which often is chemical dependency, drugs, alcohol, you know, medication, whatever that could be. Whatever that impairment whatever is. Whatever that impairment is. There's mm-hmm. some type of impairment that um, you might come across. And then the second is the emotional um, crisis. You know, what is this person... I mean, as an example, uh, it could be uh, a woman that's um, had a court order and she's not allowed to see her, her son. You know, there's going to be a heightened level of stress. Mm-hmm. And you've always got to ask yourself, in those, in those situations, can I find the voice of reason? You know, if that woman who's brought a son into the world and her ex-husband, who's not being very nice to us, taken to a court, said she's an unfit mother, and the court said, okay, in the interim, we're going to remove that child from you. You've got to think about the barrier in her mind is going to be my, my child's been taken away. Um, and are you going to find the voice of reason through talking to her right now? doesn't mean you shouldn't try, Shug, but you've always got to think about, am I going to find the voice of reason? We've all tried to sort of 
um, reason with a drunk person and it never goes down too well, does it? Because they're not, they've got impairment. So I was um, just going to bring that up. You know, you're at a Christmas party, some uncle or relative is getting out of hand. He's starting to escalate the conversation. Um, And what tips do you have in that situation? Do you just walk away because you know that they're inebriated or, or do you try to calm it down? What do you do? Yeah, and that's a good point. So I'd come back to the first point, which I'll reinforce is, you know, this isn't about you, this is about them. So we would take that um, example, you know, someone's coming up and they're not being very nice to you, they could be drunk. In that moment, this isn't you, this isn't Simon, this isn't Shug, this is that person being inappropriate, being offensive, whatever it is. Try and rationalise that in your mind. Well, if they were sober, what would they be doing or in a different circumstances? So the biggest way to de-escalate any situation is to try and remove yourself from that situation so as that example i can just walk away i don't need to be there and be insulted by someone mm-hmm. if it's a slightly different situation where someone could be in harm or you know you feel you need to have a conversation again we can move on to someone what are those sort of de-escalation and um, techniques i don't know if you want to do that in this session sugar or i would one, yeah, yeah we're on the topic yeah let's run with it so there's you know there's, there's five ways that you can de-escalate and the first one is effective listening now most of your listeners are, are women and we're going to address the women here you are very good at doing this because you're natural listeners um, I'm going to alienate a lot of your, your men, as often do. Us men are not necessarily good listeners. But in escalation, you need to listen to a conversation intently. Because what you need to do, and again, this is where a lot of men fail, is don't listen to speak, listen to understand. So mm. I'll repeat that. Don't listen to speak, listen to understand. Um, because what you're going to do is start understanding well, what is the position? Where is this person right now? And then what can I best do to, to help them? So that's the first thing I talk about in um, a skill to de-escalate someone is make sure you're demonstrating to, um, um, correct, effective listening, which is waiting to listen, to understand, and not waiting to listen, to talk. What did you say? Can we repeat that? I'm kidding. Yeah. I really did get uh, it. Yeah, I, okay, I'm it teasing. I was listening. Oh, John, were you listening? No, he's not. Look at no, that. He's not, he's not listening. He's back there sleeping. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no. But, oh, okay, so you said men are guilty of this. You know, I got to tell you, I know a lot of women who are already ahead of, you know, we have this ability. I don't know if you guys have picked up on this. Women have the ability to not only speak and then think ahead of time what the next response is going to be. And so um, we do have, at times, that we are guilty of not listening, but listening to speak. And so I I think that that's really important. That's a good point. What other techniques? And so the second one is distracting the person. So this could be, I mean, a a female could be, you know, say at that office party maybe, and there's um, an an unhealthy interest or there's some type of conflict, is the biggest thing to do is to look at the situation as to where you are and how can you distract that person in the moment? So it could even be the fact that, you know, this could work with children. All these tactics work with, with anyone, really. But think about, am I in the right place? You know, uh, I'll give you an example that it could be that, uh, that there's conflict between two people. Um, a, a man and a woman are in, involved in an argument. And you're just a bystander. You just walk past. You see this. You're thinking, well, I don't want this really to escalate. I need to go and make sure both these people are, are okay. It could be the location where they are. So in the police, generally what you'll try and do is you'll separate the two people. You know, one officer takes the wife somewhere, um, the other officer takes the husband somewhere. So this is exactly the same as to a distraction could be, can we just go, sure, and just get a coffee and just sit down because I can see that you're really just being here right now. 
um, is making you upset. I can see there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of pain. Let's just go to a coffee shop, sit there, and then just, just um, talk. Mm-hmm. So you remove them from what that, um, what was going on in, internally, um, that type of process. So just think in a way, and you'll know when you're in a situation what that distraction should look like, but you want to try and reprogram their game, their brain from, hey, I'm here right now, to, okay, let's, let's get to that level set where we can actually talk about this, this rationally. Is that, is that making sense for us? Yeah, it absolutely yeah. does. And, you know, I think what that does is show love, too, when you're, you know, you're being empathetic with their situation and you're saying, hey, I can see that this is how you feel, et cetera. Let's go sit down and chat about it. And I think that's exactly what Scripture says. I mean, in the Bible, God's Word says, but if they will not listen, take one or two others along. So what's important is you first meet one-on-one. You don't let a bitter root grow. You start to talk to that individual. If they don't listen, you can always bring two or more and sit down in a loving, kind, gentle way uh, to, to help settle this conflict, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. I mean, just by reframing the brain being in a new location you know fresh air whatever it could be like it, it does wonders for the human mind as to okay because remember we're trying to get that air out of the balloon i'm always going to come back to my key talking points mm-hmm. we're not trying to solve simon's 20 years of mental illness we're just trying to get to a place where we can talk about this yeah where do we need help you know what are some positive steps we can take and and, and quite often just pushing them somewhere different is going to help their, their brain reset mm-hmm Okay, so you mentioned a couple, effective listening, distract the person. What's another one? Well, the third one, Shug, that I always talk about is giving positive choices. And I'll give you a real-life example that I was once working at a company and a woman had been terminated. And I went off for a meeting and I saw her sat in the break room. And I came back for that meeting around two hours later and she was still there. And I thought, well, that's a bit sort of unusual. And, you know, she had her sort of head in her hands and was, you know, clearly distressed and didn't look right and I went to the manager with HR and said you know is that lady okay and I said well Simon we're really glad that you're you're back um, we've had to terminate her for sort of tardiness or make for whatever reason she'd been been terminated and I said well what, what do you need what do you need me for how's that connected to me and they said well she's refusing to to leave mm. and I said well have you have you asked her to leave I said well yeah, yeah but she's refusing so I went over I did some of the, the tactics and examples that we sort of said. I made sure that she was heard. I, I listened to her and she said no one had told me these. some of the things that she had done were against company rules. And then I used the third key point that I say about giving positive choices. So she was there. She'd been there for two hours refusing to leave. It'd be very easy to just keep saying, well, you've got to go. You've got to go. I very simply said to her, there's, there's two things that can happen today is that I really need you to be, leave because you've been terminated. Your employment is no longer here, so, so you can't stay. Um, if you're going to stay, the other option is that I need to remove you from the building. And I said, I don't really want to cause law enforcement because I know you've got a young family. There's these other things going on. But, but those are two choices. Which choice would you like to do? And the brain is programmed to take the positive choice. So when I said to her, you know, you can leave, I said, here's what I'm willing to do is I'll pay for a taxi for wherever you want to go. I'll pay for a taxi. So then she then said to me, well, yes, can you get me a taxi and then take me home? So giving choices and positive choices is another key way to try and de-escalate. You know, we can't stay here right now. Here's something that we can do. And then giving it back to the person, empowering them. What is it that you want to happen today? There's only there's only two things, and I'd recommend to give them two, should because if you give more than two, again it distracts the brain. 
go with your favourable one um, perhaps first. But really giving positive choices and allowing them to make that decision is another way to distract and sort of um, de-escalate a potentially emotional or situation in, in crisis. And you know what that does too is that you're giving them the power to make the choice. Um, you know, here's your two positive uh, outcomes or here's the two outcomes that it could possibly be. So you're recommending, Simon, that we first give them the positive one, the one that we want them to do. And then the second one would be the one that's not necessarily as advantageous to them. Is that right? Yes, because what it allows them to do, it's straight away there. There's something um, nice, pleasurable going into their brain. And then the second one I had to give to this lady was, you know, your, terminate, your employment has been terminated. You're no, you're no longer an employee here. You can't stay here. If you're not going to leave, I have no choice um, but to call the police. You know, mm-hmm. so I can, the options are I can get you a taxi and I'll pay for you to go anywhere that you want. Or if you remain here, I'm going to have to call the police. And then straight away, the brain was, well, okay, well, let's, let's remove myself from the situation. So there's, there's distraction in there, and it's also given the, the power back to them and making a, making a choice. Yeah. These are all simple things, Shugs. Anyone can do this. No man, woman, child. Very simple. Now, are you smiling while you're doing this? You know, because sometimes often I find if there's any kind of altercation, if there's any kind of uh, argument, I do try to be empathetic and then smile in a loving way. I mean, what do you recommend? Yeah, and I think I would say to, um, you've got to use your personality in that moment. Um, you know, it's very difficult if you, you know, if you're a, a five-foot woman, you've got a great opportunity to be sort of make yourself even smaller, you know, talk very soft and say, you know, okay, here, here's two things that I can offer you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really sort of use your um, persona, use your energy, use your body language to, to emphasize the words that you're, that you're saying. So, yeah, I think um, you, you've got to use what the Lord has, Lord has given you for mm-hmm. sure. And, you know, God already knows ahead of time what the outcome is going to be. Yes. And I do, you know, sometimes, ladies, if you have a conflict, it could be a God appointment. So we don't want to miss that point as well. And there's multiple reasons why this person, as Simon has already shared with us, that would cause that balloon to almost bust with their uh, pressure and with their uh, anxiety and, and, and their escalation of their problems. So um, I love the points that you've already shared with us. And you've said effective listening, how important that is. You mentioned distract the person, give the person positive choices Um, And we've got several more that we're going to address in part two um, as we talk about this, you know, de-escalation situation. And, you know, the Lord has a lot to say about it. In Proverbs 15.1, which we were just talking about, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And you know why that happens, ladies? It's because the enemy is in there. And when he's in there, he wins with argument, with harsh words. But did you notice that all through the whole entire Bible, when anybody came up against the enemy with love and authority, that's when the enemy could no longer have a hold on the situation. And so I'm going to encourage you ladies as well, that to be prayerful, pray ahead of time. That there's, If any conflicts are happening in your life, that you would not only be able to follow this proverb of a, of a soft answer turns away wrath, but then as well that you are empowered with the authority of the Holy Spirit that he gives you against the enemy. Again, reminder that this, this spiritual battle is going on and it's not necessarily against flesh and blood. I mean, there's many reasons why we might have conflict. You know, it could be a hot-tempered heart. It could be a hating heart. It could be a greedy heart. It could be an angry heart. Um, And I think it's just really important that 
we need to, again, put ourselves in their shoes, exactly like Simon had said, try to understand what the situation might be and to de-escalate it in our best possible way. Simon, thank you so much for joining us on this first part. My pleasure, Shook. Um, I mean, there's still so much more in part two, so I'd encourage your, your viewers and listeners to come back for, for part two. Amen. And you know what is the exciting part is we're going to talk about what if something crazy happens in this world. Maybe you're in a restaurant and something escalates, or maybe you're out in a public square and something escalates. What suggestions Simon is going to have for us as women protecting our families and ways to de-escalate that situation. So ladies, my name is Shook Burry. You know I love you. Today could be the day you say yes to Jesus, over and out. Hey ladies, this is Sugbury, and I'm the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I am so glad that you have found our show amongst the millions of podcasts that are out there. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, would you please do me a favor? Like it, rate it, thumbs up. We're on YouTube as well, so don't forget to find us there. You can watch our guests also. Please subscribe so you don't miss a show. We also have started Him for Her Crazy Testimonies. And each of our guests that we have on the show shares their personal testimony, how they received Christ in their life. This is Sugbury. You know I love you. Over and out.